Welcome back to the Leverage Podcast. I'm Ari Mizell. And I'm Nick Sonnenberg. And today our guest is Peter Schallard, who is the founder and CEO of Commit Action, an accountability coaching service, and also known as The Shrink for Entrepreneurs. So Peter, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. First of all, where are you today? I'm in Jackson Hole, Wyoming uh, right now. Um, just uh, seated by like a ultra snowy vista out the window here. It's like snowed about nine inches in the last 12 hours or something. It's pretty crazy. So Going to Jackson Hole is on my bucket list. I would love to go there skiing. <laughs> yeah, it's been mine. I grew up skiing in New Zealand. And uh, ever since I was a little kid, I like heard about this supposedly best resort ever. And uh, I've been wanting to go here. So this is my first time. I'm super pumped. Thank you for taking a break from the slopes for us. So why don't we start with, you know, and you've been on the podcast before, but it was a long time ago. So tell everybody how you became the shrink for entrepreneurs. Yeah. So my first business actually was a therapy practice. I started off as a psychotherapist working one-on-one with with people who had all sorts of uh, all sorts of kind of issues, you know, working basically with what, what I call civilians on, on kind of clinical stuff, got a lot of referrals from medical doctors, help people with everything from like addictions through anxiety disorders, all kinds of stuff. And uh, I actually almost fell into working with business owners by accident when I met, I had a couple of clients come and work with me, but, you know, just stumbled upon the practice who were self-employed, you know, and for me, it was like this, revolution, uh, what it was like to work with people who are 100% in the driver's seat of their own lives and like really, really committed to figuring out how to improve themselves, you know, really proactive about that kind of stuff. So I, I really enjoyed the work. I got a few referrals within a kind of a network of entrepreneurs. And before I knew it, my schedule was filled up. I mean, this is a very truncated version of the story, but my schedule was filled up with self-employed people. A few years later, I started really specializing in that stuff and the, the particular issues that those folks deal with. Started writing a blog about the intersection of business and psychology. Uh, that really blew up. And then, then I kind of woke up one day and realized that this, that this is the work I did. And then the name, the tagline Shrink for Entrepreneurs uh, came about. And, and that book brand really blew up online and became a kind of a platform for me. So that's, that's basically how I got started and made the pivot from, you know, just regular kind of a brick and mortar therapy practice into working with one-on-one with entrepreneurs all over the world and uh, yeah, doing all that fun stuff. Do you have like your own version of couples therapy when it's a co-founder? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you ask. I, I mean, honestly, I would say about 50% of my client roster on any given week is talking to me about the issues that come in that, that are baked into business partnerships because it's such a big deal. I mean, it's like, it is like, it's funny you call it couples counseling because going into business with someone is literally like getting married, right? Oh, yeah. Like, it, it has this huge, uh, and Ari and I actually had a chat about how uh, he said a lot of great things about your business partnership when we grabbed coffee a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I mean, it's not that way for everyone. It's such a double-edged sword, right? Like, like I work alone on Commit Action, which, you know, and uh, the Shrink for Entrepreneurs. I've always been, you know, on my own, no business partner. And I look at the people, guys like you guys, who have this ability to bounce off of one another and get that accountability to like power forward when one of you is having like a down week, the other one will be there and be like, come on, like, let's crush. We can do this. And I, I'm so jealous of that. I'm so envious. But then I see the entrepreneurs with the partnership kind of doesn't work or becomes dysfunctional. And then I'm like, so grateful that I don't have any of that noise in my life. So it's a very double-edged sword. But they, it seems like they usually don't work. It's not like we, we never have issues, but like we're like a really good team. 
it still feels unusual to me because I I don't know any other co-founders that work this well together. And and most of the companies I know where they're it's run by like a, a single entrepreneur. You know, they're like co-founders. They're just founders. They're not co-founders. You know. I mean, not to mention too, we were we were very close friends before we got into business together as well, which. I which is a bigger risk. Yeah, bigger risk and probably even more rare that it works out when you're when your friends are Yeah, you guys are definitely a statistical oddity right now because normally when like BFFs go into business together, the, the guaranteed outcome is that they're going to end up like hating each other's guts. Whether the company <laughs> succeeds massively or fails, it doesn't really matter. I've definitely seen the opposite, which I think is slightly more common where two people who don't know each other that well go into business together, build something amazing and become like, you know, these best friends and fixtures in each other's lives as a result of it. But you're right, Ari. I mean, a lot of like judging, I I don't really have any statistics to back this up. I should look into it. But anecdotally, I mean, that every, every client I have who has a partner who has a, you know, like a serious position in the company, a big stake that sort of matches theirs or close to it has drama at some point about that kind of stuff. And it becomes one of the biggest challenges in their lives. So yeah, I don't know what the point is here. It's just, uh, I guess, uh, you know, it's one of those things where anyone who's thinking about diving into business, I've particularly noticed that with like younger people in the startup world and that kind of stuff where it's like, oh, I've got a great idea. Let's rope in my college roommate or whatever. Let's start this business together. And it's kind of the thing that you should put the same level of kind of scrutiny and thinking into meditation into that decision as you would, you know, getting married or, uh, you know, like moving in with a with 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 a boyfriend or a girlfriend or something like that. It's a pretty big decision. I mean, that was sort of actually going to answer the question I was going to ask you. But other than I guess taking a little bit more time and thinking about it, because I, I totally get that people are just like, yeah, let's start the business. But are there other things that that people can do to avoid that? I mean, is it is it sometimes just a personality conflict, or people just they don't necessarily know what it's like to work with someone, even just because they're friends. The only thing that you can do to prepare is get really clear on roles and on on job descriptions and expectations for the company, Uh, like expectations from a cultural point of view in terms of what hard work looks like. Like one of the biggest problems that I see kind of bother people is that they'll hit like like either tough times or a really big opportunity in the business. And the one partner will be like, great, like, let's stay in, like, let's order pizza and like, let's sleep under our desks all weekend and let's like grind this out. And the other guy will be like, well, that's not what I signed up for. And then there's suddenly there's, there's like this, this disconnection where they where, where both partners want to make the company really successful, but they have different kind of values and different personal standards about culturally what they'll accept in terms of how they go about doing it. So I think the best thing to do is to have a bunch of like best case, worst case scenarios and talk about like, what might working together look like over the next like two to 10 years? What kind of crazy situations might we find ourselves in? You know, like a good one is like, what if this business model pivots and we suddenly find that part of our jobs is traveling a whole bunch, right? Like one of the partners may be like, that's completely off the cards for me because I have a family and I've got this stuff going on. So those conversations have to kind of happen. You need to be prepared and, and be flexible so that when you meet these unexpected challenges, you you know that you're kind of comrades and you 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 have the same expectations about what you will and won't kind of accept. So we all have like we all have limits in terms of how we want to work and what what we want our priorities to be. Well, it's funny that you say that because actually I think one of the reasons why we have been successful is that we didn't look at it from how do we define what hard work is because I mean there were already a lot of constraints when we started Ari had a fourth kid on the way. He had a he had a much more constrained schedule. So Hard work to him wasn't necessarily 
what most people would think or I would think is hard work, but we were more, since we focused really on where, how much value can you add and where can you add value as, you know, Ari always added all the value that we, the company needed to be added, even if, you know, it looked on paper, it wasn't hard work just because you had a constrained time frame to be working in. So since we both were looking at it from, okay, where do we need each other to be adding value? And as long as the value is being added, we were both happy. I think that that, that was really a key to our success working together. Yeah. And I would say like part of like the way I would describe that is that like culturally you guys are on the same page and that like you could say as a sort of a manifesto statement about your company that this is a company where we value, like we charge ourselves out by the awesome rather than by the hour, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's like baked into everything that you do. Now, if, one, if that was different for one of you who was like, yeah, Ari showed up and created a ton of value in two hours on Tuesday morning, um, but I've been here for 65 this week or whatever, that's how those little resentments and things can build. And it's literally just about, again, these like very unconscious for a lot of people, almost like cultural ways that they assign and prescribe like a value, a sense of importance, what their identity is built on. So you guys, are, you're in a great spot because you line up with those things, but not everybody does. So with your practice, do you find that found, like, do you work with co-founders though at the same time or it's really just one-on-one? It depends. I sometimes work with co-founders when they seek me out uh, in conjunction, like in concert, they're like, we need to get somebody to kind of come in and work with us as an executive coach or, you know, whatever the, whatever the need is. Um, so that's often good. Sometimes I'll, I'll begin a relationship, uh, one-on-one and go really deep with that person and become kind of the confidant of theirs. And, uh, oftentimes in that situation, if the other partner is looking for help from someone like me, I'll, uh, I'll actually refer them elsewhere so as to avoid like a conflict of interest. Like if I've spent a couple of years or even months, like listening to a partner, like one partner really complain about in a therapeutic way, like all the troubles that they're having, I kind of like, I kind of like tap myself out for that and be like, I'm probably not the best person to work one-on-one with the other guy right now. Well, okay. Let's, let's shift gears a minute in here and talk about uh, commit action. So how did commit action come about? Yeah. So for years I was blogging as the shrink for entrepreneurs and working, working one-on-one with like at the max, a roster of about 20 clients a week. I do about 20 billable hours with these amazing, like founders of truly incredible companies, you know, really, really, really exciting businesses. But I had this following of people who were reading my stuff who weren't in a position where they could work with me one-on-one. It's a pretty high end sort of white glove, I guess, luxury service. And I, Initially, I was just kind of thinking, like, how can I create and add value for these people who are earlier stage in business, they're getting started, or they're smaller, and they're, uh, you know, they're trying to scale up and aggressively grow, but they still feel kind of overwhelmed and whatnot. Whereas my clients are more looking for that high level and like deep, deep kind of strategy work. So commit action came about when I was thinking about like, what can I create? And also, you know, selfishly and sort of privately for me, how can I build something that scales bigger than myself? And so I started really looking into, like, I'm fascinated with the psychology of business success and what sort of differentiates people who are really crushing it, a lot of my, whom a lot of my clients are, and people who are, you know, just really kind of struggling and often for a very, very long time. And that's when we started looking into building something that scales accountability. And so we set off with this mission of creating like a very reasonably priced high value 
accountability coaching service where we, where we would use technology to actually scale one-to-one human connection and create something that like a small business owner or a solopreneur can use to kind of use as a lifeline to get them out of isolation and overwhelm um, and, uh, and get to talking to somebody about what they're working on, setting goals with some professional accountability. And uh, we started it as uh, in the way that I believe is like a very like MVP kind of like agile test of the market to see if there was something that could be built here. We launched uh, this little beta version to my blog list and it just exploded. We had, uh, we had people sign up like crazy. They also stuck with the service because it's a kind of ongoing like monthly thing uh, where you have this relationship with this accountability coach. Uh, they stuck with it like crazy. Um, and we just realized we had really kind of stumbled upon a crazy need in the marketplace and, uh, and also a very, very effective solution. And so from there, we just started building. And, you know, we're years later now. We've got a proprietary web app that, like, facilitates a lot of the work between the coach and the client, acts as a to-do list planner and all this crazy stuff. But fundamentally what it comes down to a one-to-one connection with a human who gives a shit, who's going to help you as a business owner become feel less isolated, feel less overwhelmed, and, and stop procrastinating, become more productive. You just said business owner there at the end again, too. So, I mean, this is people are not using the service for, like, weight loss or things like that? You know, it's funny. The number, like, we, we track and collect a bunch of, like, aggregate statistics about how people use the service because we have software that's crunching the goals people are setting every week and doing all that kind of stuff. And so many of our clients will set personal, like, health and fitness-related goals. And our coaches are even trained to focus on that. Like we're, we're somewhat holistic and that ultimately we're here to help you achieve badass business goals and succeed. But we acknowledge that things like looking after your body so that your mind can keep on crushing. So you can keep on showing up in a powerful way is super important. So I would like, I think like 90 something percent of our clients have at some stage set physical health goals on the platform and probably like 30, 40% of them are, are doing that every single week. So it's definitely, I mean, the thing about accountability is that it just, it just works on everything and it's missing any area where people know exactly what they should be doing, but just month after month are failing to follow through and do it. So we totally have people adapting the service and uh, we have a few edge cases. I mean, definitely we're trying to build for entrepreneurs, but I, ha- I know there's a couple of college kids who are using the platform to plan out their study related goals and get accountability to make sure they're really crushing. Um, but I, I would say like kids like that who are on, who I know are on the platform, they're, th- they're like entrepreneurial thinkers, even though they're not entrepreneurs perhaps yet. So, so yeah, it's definitely like, we've definitely got some interesting like cross applications of, of what is basically just, just powerful accountability. I think that there's a ton of opportunity for us to work together actually, but I, I have a question. Um, like what kind of time short term like weekly goals or the or is it a of like weekly goals like by next week I hope to write yeah, this so email that I was writing along with like a quarterly revenue. So the first goal. thing like a new for a new client, the first thing a coach is gonna do is basically set what we call major milestones, which are those like more like quarterly, six month, whatever time frame the client likes to think in, those bigger picture goals, just so that we know what we're working on. I mean, we have like a comprehensive onboarding questionnaire, which is the first step in the app, you know. And, and all that kind of stuff. And so we get this feeling for what they're ultimately headed towards and what their sort of big, hairy, audacious goals are. And then, then the actual process of accountability, like what the service boils down to is we're creating this weekly ritual 
where we check in with the client on the phone, like one-to-one with this dedicated coach every single week, setting these really ultra precise implementation intentions and clarified goals for the next seven days. And so we're creating a habit and a ritual of this methodology of breaking down the big picture goals into like, what are you going to do? Like what balls are you going to pick up and move forward over the next seven days? And we just rinse and repeat on the, at the on the next week, we'll look back and reflect where we'll track and measure and record your sort of meta productivity statistics and build up a record of momentum or not. That way we'll do some analysis if things aren't working and help the client kind of dig in and find some learning experiences uh, in the week if they, if they felt like they struggled or failed. And, uh, and ultimately it's just about keeping that process going. So we're really like focused at that seven day cycle period because we think that, I mean, it's no accident that there's a seven day week. And we just think it's a really good chunk of time for people not to be focusing on like big picture visioning. We're assuming that that's locked in. Again, this is for people who know what they should be doing more or less. It's more about like the actual execution steps that you're committing to on a daily basis. And our coaches will even, I'm sorry, on a weekly basis. And our coaches will even follow up uh, via email throughout the week and send reminders and stuff and be like, hey, man, like you told me that you were going to do 10 cold calls. You were going to write 500 words a day for your blog or you were going to, you know, whatever it might be, get this code banged out. Like it's been three days since we talked. How are you doing? So there's a lot of that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, we should we should talk because there's probably a lot of overlap between your clients and our clients. And a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from a lot of people is that by them being able to outsource a lot of things to us, it's freed up time for them to achieve their goals. And a lot of people, when we do onboarding, they're telling us, you know, that they have all these goals and they just don't have the time to hit their goals. So that that's that was their motivation for signing up with us. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. And the thing about the thing about commit action is that where like this rolling seven day deadline, this kind of ritual of rinse and repeating this process, it's focused exclusively on that sweet spot of the like we're only looking for people to set goals on our platform with around the important non-urgent stuff that really moves their business forward. Like a lot of the coaches will say on their calls, the client will be going like, oh, I don't know what to do this week. I'm not sure. And one of the questions they'll often ask is like, what's the marketing idea? What's the business growth idea that scares you the most right now? Because that's probably the one that has the biggest opportunity. Like in a way, your fear, your tension around that's a bit of a compass pointing to the most innovative, ballsy, you know, most remarkable idea that you have. And it's also the one that you're going to continue procrastinating and be like, oh, I'm just going to answer these emails. I'm just going to do this kind of urgency-based work or whatever. So we, like, we're really trying to get people to commit to specific action steps and track and measure their progress around that, that for some people, tiny percentage of work in terms of hours that actually yields the business growth results. Um, and that's like, that's the part that even for, um, and it really matters for people starting out, but even established business owners, you know, many of whom are using our, our service as well. It's the part that it becomes so easy to just procrastinate, you know, when you're up and running and you're winning and you're making some good money or okay money, it's so easy to just kind of let a week go by where you don't actually take any action that drives growth in the company. You just kind of service your clients or like handle customer support or whatever it is. And, uh, and, and if you have enough weeks like that, you're going to end up creating like a crazy plateau. Um, and that's what we're here to help fight against. Of the cases where goals are not met for the week, what percentage of it is due because of procrastination due to them saying that they just didn't have the time? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a huge part of it is it comes down to urgency. Like that's the fight that we are fighting on their behalf is like, as account, like with the accountability coaches. So there'll be like, they'll like a lot of those conversations are about looking at the week and what actually happened. And our coaches are often having conversations with the clients who are struggling in that way around like carving out that hour or two first thing in the morning before you open your email, before you engage with your team, before you do whatever it is that starts heaping urgency and firefighting and things like that onto your plates. So almost always when a lot of the time when, uh, yeah, when there is a problem and people aren't hitting their objectives for the week, it's because they're, it's because they're overwhelmed by, uh, yeah, they're overwhelmed by other things that feel like more pressing and they do get to all that stuff. So they feel like they've had a really busy, productive week. Like that's the thing is when, when our clients come back at the, on their call and are like, they're like, Hey, I did nothing that I said I would. It's usually because they did all this other stuff instead, but they, but, but we're training them to identify and realize like, if you keep that up and allow that to become a habit, you're going to create the kind of business where you're massively busy but you're just not producing the results that you got into the game for. And like, that's something that deeply resonates. I think there's a whole demographic like group of entrepreneurs out there who work their asses off. Like they're very, very like engaged in their businesses and they're putting in hours. They're working three times uh, harder than their white collar employee friends, but they're probably earning about the same or less money, right? Like they're, they're tangibly producing like not quite the same results. So a lot of our clients are like the kind of people who at some point in their career felt like I should just give this up and get a job because they're not focusing on the, you know, like just totally steal your brand here. They're just not focusing on the leverage. And that's what we're long-term, like that's the value that we're training them to recognize with this methodology. Well, I think that what you're doing is you're, you're, you're creating the awareness. And I think that like, where the um, synergy between what you do and we do is, is we, we give them the system to help them manage the overwhelm and you kind of give them the, the goal and the, the higher level thought process of why, the, you know, with the system that they have, what they should be accomplishing. Exactly. And I, like, it's interesting, like now that I'm thinking about what you guys do, like I would say that every single objective that a commit action coach sets with a client uh, with a member each week, the definition of it is it's something that you would never outsource, right? Like it's always the innovation. It's always the like growth driving activity. It's the kind of thing that like at that phase in their business, they would never kind of like outsource and, and, and give to like you guys or even another member of their team who's full time or anything like that. Like we're trying to focus them on their unique genius, their talent, the thing that they do that makes the business really fly. Um, and, uh, and, and then we're always like the coaches are always having that conversation with them of like, let's try and get some of that other stuff off your plate. Because like I keep saying, like, if you get to a place in business where you're so busy kind of working quote unquote, that you don't have time to do those, those, those genius things that only you can do that grow the business. That's a really, really bad place to be. The difference so. between working in your business or on your business really. Totally. That's exactly it. So that's, I mean, that's the cliche, simple way of, of what we do is we, we're, we're like a, a accountability coaches who like help make sure that you are not isolated or overwhelmed such that you can always be working on your business in a powerful way every single week with, uh, you know, with specific steps that you're taking. We kind of give the same message to our clients where we say, you know, you should focus on your unique ability and give us literally everything that isn't your unique ability. 
So, I mean, in terms of what you're saying, the, the, your client should literally only be working on those weekly goals and not a second, basically, on anything but those goals because that's the highest, the highest value items for them. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll push back and say like a, like a little idealistically, yes. A little more realistically, the thing is, is we want to set these objectives and have them hit these working on the business goals kind of first. We want to make sure that those are being prioritized, that they actually happen, because we know that for most entrepreneurs, for most small business owners, or even freelancers, however you define yourself, the urgent stuff is going to get taken care of. Like the thing about urgency is that like it never kind of goes away. It's all it's urgent. It's always there. So we're trying to get them to focus on that important stuff, knowing that the with the rest, the chips will fall where they may. Like everything's going to shake out. You know what I mean? So like real, like we would love a client to be basically building a team and outsourcing and delegating and having this perfect workflow where all they do is the badass stuff that only they can do. They rock at the business forward. And they have this whole structure supporting them that takes care of everything else. And that is the definition of entrepreneurial success, right? Like building something that something bigger than you, something that scales, that creates massive value in the world. But for a lot of people who are actually in the trenches who feel like they're quite far away from that vision of idealistic perfection. Like we're kind of just saying like, get this stuff done because like you, if you can smash out these objectives and work on the business in this way, all the other bits will figure themselves out too. Right. Maybe they should get in touch with you guys, get leverage, you know, maybe they should delegate more there's just a, there's a, the way that I look at it is like, like email is a perfect example. If you have a million emails to get back to people about and you wake up at seven in the morning and start, you'll crush up, you'll like get them all done. You'll crush a whole bunch of them and you'll go to bed at like eight o'clock at night, exhausted. Like your brain will be fried. If you wake up at 7 a.m. and you spend two hours working on like some amazing project, like doing some writing or something like that, like some, some really creative thing that helps you grow your business, then you open your inbox and start crushing all of that stuff. You'll still crush all of that stuff. It'll just get compressed into a shorter amount of time because it has to, you know? So, so that's kind of like a part of our philosophy too. So I, I agree with you in theory, but I think that for a lot of, like realistically for a lot of business owners, there has to be that balance between like, like there just simply is things, even for me, there's simply stuff I have to do that I wouldn't say is working on the business, but it just has to get done anyway. The key is to make sure it doesn't, my life doesn't become just consumed by that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Peter, the last question we always like to ask in the interviews is what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? Hmm. Definitely. I mean, this is kind of you're just a like a layup, like you're, uh, you're offering <laughs> for a sales pitch, but... Uh, no problem, do it. No, I think honestly, like we sell accountability, but the thing is, is I'll be the first to say like, don't just go and buy commit action. Like you should be stacking as many layers of accountability as you can in your life. The thing that a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs don't understand about the winners, the people who we idolize as these success stories, like the Bransons, the Zuckerbergs, you know, like all these people is that these guys operate in a world where they're surrounded by this web of accountability and support of teams, you know, people who can do everything, like execute on everything on all the little pieces who can handle all the urgency. But, but, and all of that is important, but it's also the accountability, the board of investors who you have to show up for, the direct report employees who need you to be there for that Monday morning meeting. And when you're somebody who's building a business on your laptop 
like in your basement, in your PJs, you're in an environment that is the total psychological opposite of that. And so the best thing that you can do, go and change that. Like join the mastermind group, have a friend who's also self-employed who you meet with for coffee once a week and you just talk about what you're working on. Like start getting in the habit of making commitments to other, to other people because that's really what we see as the biggest challenge for entrepreneurs in today's day and age. Technology has made us more connected than ever, but it's made it, it's made it possible to build a business in a state of total isolation. And the psychological consequences of that are like a severe form of overwhelm and procrastination that just gets fixed by accountability. So, you know, by all means, come check out what we do, get some pro accountability. But even for our clients, we're always telling them like, this is just one layer, stack as many as you possibly can, because that's how you're going to, that's how you're really going to like crush. That's how you're going to get a ton of leverage. That was one and a good one. Oh, I have to come up with three? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think like we have a concept we talk about a lot. It's uh, the, the, the science kind of jargon for it is ideal implementation granularity. You can just know of it as specificity. We've found that the way, the granularity with which people think about the things that they're working on is one of the biggest kind of movers of the dial for actually getting shit done. So thinking about like, like playing with your goals and breaking them down into experimenting with breaking them down into the smallest possible steps, going really big picture, like finding what level of a goal you find you're comfortable thinking about where you start to feel optimistic instead of kind of nervous and overwhelmed is a really, really useful kind of almost self-coaching exercise. It's something that we train all of our common action coaches in because it's utterly essential um, but I think it's something that everybody can start with. So a lot of people are good at like recording kind of goals and to do's, but I, I, I challenge everybody listening to this to like approach every goal and just ask the question, like what, what level of specificity does taking action on this start to feel comfortable to me? So that's number two. Um, number three, what else have we got? I think, uh, I think that, I think that deadlines are really important. Baked into the foundation of commit action is this rolling seven-day deadline of this coaching call that you're going to show up for. Um, and that's honestly, it's so simple, but it's such, a big, it's such a secret weapon because entrepreneurs, a lot of people who are drawn to starting businesses hate deadlines. Like they quit their cubicle jobs because they're like, I'm so sick of having to have a report on my boss's desk by Friday. And they love the freedom value, right? Like they're like, I can't wait to escape all of those chains. They're obsessed with freedom. But the thing is, is that like, absolute freedom to go anywhere, do anything, be anything, like the freedom that entrepreneurs dream of, is actually, is actually basically an invitation to go nowhere and do nothing. And without some constraints around like your schedule and your plans, it's very, very difficult to get moving. So if you have a really strong value for freedom, like I really encourage entrepreneurs to start thinking about like combining accountability and also like really clear and firm deadlines that are, that other people are bought into that you kind of have to deliver on because I've seen like, that's probably one of the biggest ways we can self-manipulate into, you know, really being the best versions of ourselves and getting a ton of crap done. So that's it. That's number, that's number three. Well, those, those are awesome. And, and thank you for sharing all that, Peter. That was great. Uh, so everyone should go to commitaction.com. Is that the best place to go? 
Yeah, we have a, uh, our, our kind of marketing philosophy is that because we sell this one-to-one coaching service, which is very human powered, we just give away all of our best thinking and our ideas for free. So if you go to commitaction.com, we have a whole video training tutorial like built on all of the science behind our stuff, which we haven't really talked about today, but we work with like professor of positive psych at NYU. We work with a Harvard neuroscientist to ve- develop all of our methodology and uh, we literally just break it down in a bunch of video tutorials. So if you go to commitaction.com and click the big red button on the homepage, you can uh, you can just sign up and grab the whole video training series and uh, and dive right into it and uh, become ultra ultra super productive. That's kind of how we that's how we roll. Awesome, Peter. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate the time. Want to create more positive leverage in your life? Visit www.getleverage.com to access additional interviews, our blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe to hear a new episode every week.